We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown, that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into The Constitutionalist with Donnie the Don. Don't be political property. Be free. Well, happy Thursday, everybody. So glad that y'all can make it. Um, today we're discussing um, Benedict Trump. Time to move on from him um, in that discussion. I've been watching how he's been moving lately. And it's, it's, I don't really see him saying anything nowadays that I can be like, okay, he, ha- he has that one. He got that one. I don't see that anymore. And some interesting things have come out recently. Let me get, let me get you guys an article in just a second. And I'm going to play some clips. But I have questions because if you actually sign something in November saying you're transferring power, why would you have all these people come to a Stop the Still rally or come protest for you at D- in D.C.? I have a lot of questions about that because I always, I thought it was really strange, too, how it, it just seemed like that stuff with January 6th happened and he didn't have much to say about it. You know, I mean, he can have all these rallies for himself, but I don't see him rallying for anyone else's liberties and freedoms. And these people came out for you. Um, where are you for them? That's a big thing because... For me, it took me a little longer. I was like waiting and seeing if something was going to happen, if something, some miracle was going to happen. And I'm watching and I'm like, well, damn, nothing's happening. Nothing's going to change. And um, I, I watched him allow that election to go to the Biden regime. I watched him um, let them take him and kick him off all the social media platforms. And um, I'm watching people that have been affiliated with him get investigated or and things of nature. And I'm just like, that doesn't sound like the person I, I registered to vote for and support. And so I changed my mind. Like I can, I can, I was one of those straight up MAGA people. Like I had the hats, I had the jerseys, I would knock doors on his behalf and some other Republicans behalf um, to try to get him to win. Cause I thought he was for us, but these, and then I miss things because of, you know, the, all the distractions of calling the main racist all the time. It was, um, I missed some other things. I've already played some of the things on the show before, but I'll play them again today in regards of him saying that drug dealers should get the death penalty. Um, also on red flag laws saying that you should have um, due process after taking people's guns 
And I'm just thinking, you know, people say, oh, he's been a Democrat for a long time, but then he decides to run with the Republican Party. It looks like a pattern of different people who have been a liberal or on the left for a long time, all of a sudden deciding to run with the Republican Party. And then I'm looking at how the media forms formulates it as, oh, this person was a Democrat. They walked away and now they're our hero. They say they stand up for our rights and our Constitution and they're only libs now. But it's just so crazy how people have been in this game for a long time who's been consistent. And you guys would turn your back on them and drop with a hat because the media and the public figures told you to. So, and I'm not saying the people who listen on the show necessarily, it's a general statement, but I do not want to see a Trump 2024. I, I feel like um, it's time to move on from that. And I'll play some clips in a second, but I want to see what Shaka has to say. Um, what are his thoughts on the situation? Because honestly, and I and I feel like it's a little more personal to me in a sense too, because I I put my neck out for the guy, heavy, and I defended him, and I really believed in him, and I feel like I was fooled and tricked. So that's why I'm gonna start um, calling him Benedict Trump because Benedict Arnold was one of the Patriots. He was with the Continental Army, and then he switched over to the Brits. So that's what I'm seeing. And maybe he never switched over. Maybe he's been, you know, just a, a Trojan horse the whole time. But um, anyone who wants to get upset about me um, not supporting Trump anymore and pointing out certain things because, you know, the ultra MAGA people like to block me or unfollow me or, or talk crap on, on social media. But whenever I start a space, they don't hop in and say anything. It's very interesting. But it's just like I it, it's kind of like when you've. It's kind of like when you've been in part of a cult before and then you're leaving and you're like, hey, okay, guys, you maybe should leave this cult. It's not a good idea. And then they're like attacking you so that you don't take anyone else with you. It's 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 strange to me. What do you think, Shaka? Um, <clears throat> I want to say, um, hi, how you doing, everybody? Peace, peace, peace. Hi. <laughs> I just want to make sure that people know this one thing about me. I've dealt directly with the campaign <clears throat> and... Hold on, man. Take over. I got to get something to drink. <laughs> I got to get something to drink in my throat. Chipotle. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Um, But I was never a part of the Trump campaign. I've No one's ever reached out to me or any of those things. So everything that I had did was just, you know, what I wanted to do. Because I feel like that was me contributing to my community. And so after defending him for all these years and, you know, feeling like he was the best president in my lifetime. I also feel like this, and I think he still is probably the best president in a lot of our lifetimes, but the bar has been set so low that's easy um, to accomplish. But um, I, I, I can't, I can't uh, get down with that. And also too, I'm just thinking um, there's different things he's could have done um, and took in place. Oh, other thing real quick too. With the whole thing with the January 6th and uh, trying to get the um, Congress not to um, sign in that election into law, if he actually signed that stuff in November, then why was he trying to put, throw uh, Pence under the bus and and um, try to get him to do something? It's like Pence, like, and the thing is, I think I'm not, I don't praise Pence. I don't like him as equally as I don't like Trump. Um, but Pence... He was silent about the fact that, like, he could have been like, "Dude, you literally signed this already," but you're publicly telling people you don't concede the elections. It's just, it's just like, yeah, wow. <laughs> it just kind of like looks at it. it kind of like makes me think about his character as a kind of person. Like, yo, you just gonna throw the dude on the bus as if? Excuse me, I have to cough. 
I I hate I listen. I hate Pence. I've been hating him before the administration. Um, my reasoning is personal, but uh, before he even ran as vice president, um, you know, my family from Indiana and Illinois, Chicago, um, Gary, Indianapolis, whatever, this is all connected. Um, I'm from Indiana too, and I have the same sentiments. <laughs> got you. So now that I, I'm, I, I was a Trump supporter. Um, and like you said, you said one key thing. I believe during my time period, as far as me uh, going on 40, he's been the best president that we had. Is that something to brag about? No. It's just been, you know, the game's been messed up for so long that whenever you get something that's decent, you know, you cherish it. You, you know, you, you know, you put it above others and, you know, you praise it every time. Cool. I was one of those people, too. Um, you know, but I knew the difference. I never was party. Uh, I was just like, you know, I like Trump and that's where it stops. You know, like I said, as far as I didn't I didn't do, you know, anything else or um, say I was Republican or, or go, you know, they try to get me on the Republican um, team. And I was like, nah, because it's still a party at the end of the day. Um, the thing that you know, you touched on as far as I was done with Trump. And I told you this when we first talked on the phone, uh, I was done with Trump when he abandoned everybody for January the 6th, meaning he just disappeared, uh, brought people down there, uh, you know, didn't, didn't fight for them when they got, they got locked up, didn't send, you know, representation, didn't send his lawyers. Uh, he got enough money where he could have, he could have sent a stream of, of high, you know, a high profile lawyer to, to get his people out of there. Um, he didn't do it. Um, you know, he knew that the national guard, uh, wasn't, you know, uh, deployed and he still, he still, he, he's basically complicit in all this. He, he's complicit in all this. Um, a lot of people don't want to admit to it as far as the, the MAGA folks. Um, if this was anybody else, Obama, um, Bush, um, you know, let's just say Clinton or whatever case be, we would, we would be exposing this, but it seems like it's a hush hush situation, um, uh, because it's, it's somebody that we, we like or, or gain a, a liking to, or, um, you know, like the campaign or like the idea of that person. But, um, the man is a Democrat, has always been a Democrat. Um, I had my, you know, skeptics, um, as far as I started watching them more. When he allowed um, Jared Kushner, uh, you know, you, you know, the shadow president with Obama was uh, Valerie Jarrett. That was our president. Our president under the Trump administration is Jared Kushner. That will probably link up with some people that know what I'm talking about. That might go over the head of others. Um, but, you know, our shadow president with Obama was Valerie Jarrett. Our shadow president with Trump was Jared Kushner. So we had President Kushner. Um, you know, if you know who Kushner is, Kushner worked directly with the Clintons. Uh, his dad went to prison uh, for election fraud. I'll keep that out there. Find out find out who um, Jared Kushner's dad is, and it'll make, it'll make sense to you on why he had so much pull, and, um, you know, and, and he had secrets as well. So that's why, you know, if you think about why the Democrats was going after everybody real tough, tough, they was going after Trump and they was going after Kushner. And the reason they were going after Kushner, because Kushner still has secrets in uh, foreign foreign affairs uh, to actually go talk to these leaders, leak what this person is doing, leak what this person is doing. 
and still didn't have a title as far as within the government. So he was he was kind of like a double agent. Uh, but that was, you know, Kushner was the most powerful person in D.C., hands down, um, as far as he was president. I call him President Kushner. Um, Trump, um, really, you know, the guy that a lot of us, you know, um, said he was the alpha, uh, it turned out that he wasn't. It turned out that he was the gingerbread man. Um, for, for what, three years? You know, let's go four. Four years he was his alpha, um, you know, warrior that we never seen before. And then it's like at the end he turned into the gingerbread man. Like, and he's still the gingerbread man. <laughs> Dude, he don't talk that tough stuff that he that he once did. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I have noticed that. I see where he's he does have an ego issue where he'll attack people um, who don't say what he that doesn't praise him or or give him the clout that he wants or he feels he deserves. Well, he's been like, I do he's see been that. Like that since, I don't know if you ever watched um, me and my mom's favorite show was well, grandma. Uh, favorite show as well was uh, Apprentice. He's like I watched The Apprentice, so I, I was already, you know, if you watched The Apprentice, you already knew what his, his attitude was, uh, his ego, his arrogance. You knew that, so he's still that. But I'm talking, I'm talking about as far as like how he came to me and you and everybody up in here. Like I'm gonna take on, you know, I'm gonna take on Washington and we're gonna beat Washington. He, he don't, he doesn't even have that same tune anymore. That tune is not that it's dead. Like it's, it's like I said, he's the gingerbread man. He, he live in a gingerbread house. He's a gingerbread man to me. Um, you know, it's people talk tough until you, you know, until it's time to go into the middle of the street and say, okay, let's fight. And then that's what happened. He was talking tough in the house and the people said, Hey, let's fight in the middle of the street. And he won't go out there. He's just looking out the window. Right. And you know, people say, okay, he, his whole thing was to drain the swamp. I don't know what was drained. And then people go, well, at least he exposed it. You know, maybe people are paying attention. I'll give him that. I'll give him the fact that under Trump's administration, people paid attention to politics when they never did pay attention before. And then people um, started looking into certain things and realizing who people were. Like, for instance, I had never heard of Maxine Water or Nancy Pelosi or those people before in my life. Didn't pay attention to them. I didn't pay attention to Democrats at all because I didn't like them. But I should have been paying attention back then. But... I can say, okay, I okay, I see these are certain players that are terrible people, and now there's a light on them. Now we're paying attention to these people. and But where was the swamp drain? I mean, uh, I, I mean, how do you expect to get back into the White House? If, you, if the election was stolen from you, how do you get, plan on getting back into the White House by the same regime as in there right now that took it? That doesn't make sense to me. Like, where's the common sense there with that as well? Makes well, me wonder if there's like uh, some kind of backdoor deal or something being placed. Like it's been set up. Like okay, you guys hate me so much. Okay, um, you guys get Biden. You see how bad Biden is, and then you're going to want me back. And that's something we talked about too, Shaka. You're going to want me back, and then so then people are going to want him back because Biden's so bad. But there's that box mentality as if those are the only two people in this country that could do something good for the country. But, I mean, I'm just saying Biden, I don't see him doing anything good for the country. And like I said, how Trump's been talking, um, it sounds like he wants a police state. He wants the federal government to have more power um, based off his recent um, things he's brought up. 
And that's an issue. I do not want more government and we don't need more power. We do not need National Guard to go into neighborhoods because cops aren't doing their jobs or they're too scared to do their jobs. We don't need that. And then that should be left to the states, in my opinion, in the first place. Well, you already know how what I stand on this. Um, you know, I got a lot of flack during the Trump administration because I was explaining to um, so-called patriots um, that they were tricking um, you know, it was like a Jedi mind trick. It's like, okay, um, black people hate the police. Uh, white folks, let's love the police. Uh, Democrats hate the police, which is the Democratic Party is black. Uh, Republicans love the police. And it's like, I start, I start having these conversations on uh, my channel as far as with other people that wanted to go head to head. And I was just like, do you know that, you know, Barack Obama was pro-police? Like he's done the mo the legislation that he's put in has been more radical for the police because they want a police state. So if you if you don't take a step back, you won't understand that they got you fighting. They got they got patriots or frontliners or whoever you want to call yourself, whatever fancy title you got. They got you really fighting for a police state, and it's like it's, it's like oh yeah, we we're pro police. We this we this we this, and it's like. They're like, okay, we got them food. This group over here is going to hate the police. This group is going to love the police. So now we can sit the two to, to fight each other. It's it's a fight mechanism. And it's like, if you notice, Biden used the same thing uh, when he talked to the people the other day about the gun control. He's like, you, you're not for the police if if you you know if you don't surrender your guns and stuff like that. So what they're doing is it's this police fight that they're having. And they both parties want a police state. You can't bring in people. Oh, it's a communist. Oh, it's socialism. Oh, it's common. You can't bring in any of that without a police state. So even if you say that you're Republican or even as you say, you know, you're a Trump supporter, whatever the case be. And you're you know, you don't have to be anti-police. You can be you can support the police, but not a police state. And um, that's what that's what they got people doing is supporting a police state and not just, you know, OK, local police. Y'all do what y'all supposed to do. When y'all don't do it, cool. We'll call it out. When you do do your stuff, okay, cool. Co coffee for everybody. They want a police state so they can take over everything. And, you know, that's what Trump is basically, you know, alluding to. Um, that's what the Democrats are alluding to after they, they kicked off the um, fund, the police stuff, which was um, just a, it was just like a moniker of getting black people together to vote. Because, you know, when you think about how the black community is treated by the police station or the police uh, department, um, you know, you look state by state, we're not favored by them. So it's like they were just only trying to appease us by saying defund the police. But really, they was they, they're funding the police like that's it, it plays hand in hand. So um, I tell both sides because we got both sides in here. I see friends and family that's in here as well, that Democrat and Republican. Um, step away from it, and 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 you will start to see that it's a whole it's a whole game that they plan. Absolutely, you're absolutely right about that. I want to hit on the comment section too that um, someone has uh, put brought to my attention, and it's actually true. I did see um, some evidence in Texas where there were people that were paying for endorsements. So Connor put that Trump also gets paid to endorse. In Texas, his guy is Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who tells him who to endorse here in Texas. True. And 
Um, I've seen some other candidates who are who are paying for their endorsements. So how are you American first and you're actually standing for the people and turn around and, and getting paid for a Trump endorsement that that where's where does that ethically sound like a, a good idea or even fair? And it makes sense why you see people who are actually American first candidates who are motivated by the movement, who want to do some good things and then they get ignored completely. So. Where, so it's not really an America first movement then. It, where, where is, uh, and it's just like, so the profits are more important. And then also Make America Great Again has been uh, copywritten by, by Trump. So, um, I mean, maybe eventually he'll, he'll, they'll go after people selling his stuff online with, with that slogan on it. But I would be careful if you're selling that stuff online. You're one of those people that jump on and make t-shirts and sell stuff with someone else's stuff on it. So just put that out there. But, um, Let's get into real quick on Donald Trump and his um, saying that uh, drug dealers. Um, uh, Mold monitoring and management solution to run your entire IT operation smoothly. Onboarding is fast and easy. No contracts, on. no commitments, no funny business. Just unlimited devices at a fixed cost. On. You get it all. Remote management, automated alerts, patching and software installation, a whole lot of third-party integrations, hundreds of ready-to-use oh scripts, ticketing, Shaka, hold on. even billing and invoicing, all in Let one place. Let me mute these two. I'm over Shaka, here help now. me out real quick. I'm trying, I don't even know what tab started talking. Oh, I found it. Then the freaking <laughs> automated commercials. Okay, I'm good now. Okay, I'm going to play Donald Trump, um, and it says breaking 911 on Twitter. I have reposted it back on July 27th. Former President Trump suggests executing drug dealers. You'll save 500 lives, he says. I guess so. Hold on, here we go. Now it wants to act up. Come on now. Refresh. It doesn't take 15. That don't have any problem. It doesn't take 15 years in court. It goes quickly and you absolutely you execute a drug dealer and you'll save 500 lives because they kill, on average, 500 people. It's terrible to say, but you take a look at every country in this world that doesn't have a problem with that don't have any problem. So what about the pharmaceutical companies that kill millions of people with their, their drugs? Like when you're watching a commercial... And it says, oh, this is for you if you have headaches or something like that, but it, but you can die, have kidney issues, or you have all these things listed underneath in very small print on the commercial that you're not even looking at that or reading that. So you're talking about executing drug dealers, and who was a, one of the biggest um, pharmaceutical salesmen? So are we going to hold the, the United States government accountable as being drug dealers too? I mean, I want, I want to make sure we're keeping the same energy here. I want us to be fair um, with that. So... I, I saw where he has said that about killing off drug dealers. Now, what what are you categorizing as a drug? Because there's a lot of different things that are categorized as a drug that aren't actually necessarily a drug. 
So are you are you talking about man-made drugs? That's like the pharmaceutical companies do, or are you talking about marijuana? What are you talking about, sir? Where you want to execute drug dealers? And then who put that in the communities anyways? Who put those drugs in the communities anyways? Who's allowing the border to be open so the cartel can come across and have these um these these weapons and these drugs going on here? And that benefits both sides of the aisle. Both parties are okay with it. So who's actually why are you trying to target it? If you notice something, they don't ever really target the actual problem. They always target the people. And that's my that's what really gets grinds my gears. That's what really ticks me off. And I'll get and I'll get to that too when the, on the part with having the national guard come into their neighborhoods. But Shaka, what are your thoughts on on him um, talking about executing drug dealers? Um, I said, of course, um, I'm not, you know, <laughs> the popular popular mind thought on it. But um, of course, he's going to say that now. Um, you know, if you look at you know just the war that um, the black people is going through as far as with the drug epidemic and everything else. Um, they were locking up. Um, they were locking up the the dealers. They were locking up people that was addicted, and I mean addicted. They was getting, you know, they was getting fifteen, you know, twenty years in prison. You would think that they were selling, um, selling the the drugs, but they were just actually, you know, addicts. Um, you start to see things shift, and I'm gonna be real, real fast with it, so I'm not long winded. You start to see things shift under um, the Bush administration. Um, the Obama administration and the Bush administration, Bush is what? A Republican. Okay, cool. Uh, Bush, you know, they started fighting the war over the opium and everything else, um, which let's just say 9-11 was about opium. That's what it was about. Uh, they needed to make a boogeyman to get into Afghanistan uh, to take over the opium fields. I believe most of y'all know that. So let's fast forward. Uh, so he basically started um, the opium, the opioid um, epidemic fight and everything else, supposedly. And then Obama came in with the Obamacare, um, which Obamacare, like I said, as far as a lot of people don't realize, it got a lot of folks addicted to um, uh, pharmaceutical medicines. So they started giving out a lot of stuff that they didn't give out, um, the Percocets, the, you know, whatever fancy, fancy drug that was out there. They started getting people addicted to it. Um, if you come in with just a scratch or just a little cut on your hand, it was giving you the most addictive drug that you can have. Um, but now that you're starting to see that, you know, the epidemic is going to the white community, it's like, let's be honest. Now you want to execute the the drug dealers, but you know, when it's when it's a black epidemic, it's like, okay, lock up everybody, the dealer and the user, and just you know, put them away. So. You got to realize you touched on something. Where is this drugs coming from? Are we going to are we going to do people know how drugs are made? Let's just say crack. You got to have a certain ingredients. We're not growing crack ingredients in the black community. So where did crack come from? You know, like I said, even in the white community, y'all don't have opium fields and everything else in y'all backyard. So where are you know? And I, and I use the two, you know, hand to hand because it's like that's the only way that you can see that they use the same blueprint with the black community and brought us in the drugs and they doing the same thing with the white community and just saying that, you know, Oh, it's mental health and everything else. But it's like, you know, they're more lenient with that. And they're more, you know, some people are pissed off why you see yourself within that community. So you relate to the white community. You don't relate to the black community. So that's why he want to execute so-called drug dealers and everything else, because, Let's be honest. You see your own people perishing from um, perishing from a drug. You know you're gonna get a little bit emotional. But who is he trying to kill? Is 
or executed is what I would ask you, Donnie. Like, who who are the people? Because the people that they need to do it to, they're not going to do it to. And you said one key thing that a lot of people need to pay attention to is they they create. Well, I'm gonna say they create the the problem, and then then bring the cure as well. So they're creating this problem. They're never going to fix it because they need people to be dependent on these things. This is how America flourished. This is how they make their money. But they will use these things to actually take away your rights. So him talking about, you know, bringing in the National Guard, him talking about executing, you know, um, drug dealers. That's only so people that's on the right, more people on the right is going to say this. Yeah, let's do that. Why? Because all you see is Republican pundits showing black people, um, you know, robbing, jumping in the stores, taking turkey out of the store, knocking down shit out of the store. And like you see that push by the. Did you see that crackhead or whatever he was? He was on something. That video that I attacked you in. (laughs) He was butt naked and getting beat up in the front porch of someone's house. And then he jumped over the the, the railing. I've seen that. But if if that person was black, it was a white guy, which, you know, like I said, me, um, I have a heart for, you know, anybody that, I don't care what color you is, if you, you know, addicted to something, um, it's not a cool situation that anybody should go through. So it's not like, oh, yeah, white people, who we laugh. No, it's like, you know, this is a, it's a problem, um, you know, so it needs to be fixed. But I know who's starting the problem because we watched it happen in our, you know, in our nature, you know, of growing up. Um, we watched the government destroy you know, our, our communities. And there's some people in here like, well, I didn't do it. I didn't smoke this and I ain't do that. That's you. Good for you. I'm going to clap my hands. That's wonderful for you. But look how many people that it did affect. And, uh, um, you know, like I said, as far as they create these problems, where are we getting fentanyl from? Okay. Where, you know, it, it's, com- it's coming in from, you know, the so- southern border and it's coming in from the northern border. So, if you know, my thing is if I sat in front of Trump, I would I would call bullshit. Like he could have been barricaded, you know, the the southern border um by using the military. He could have been did that from day one. But he wanted to try to make it, oh, let's throw it to the Congress, let's throw it to he knew it wasn't gonna get done. So it's kinda like let's kick the let's kick the can down, oh let's build this little segment and then the, and make it look like I wanted the wall. But I you know, just make it look like I wanted the wall. But let's kick the can down the down the street. And I would like to add this, too. I put a link in the live chat for y'all to take a peek at because I like to point out hypocrites and hypocrisy. Um, So when Trump was still in office in 2020, um, activists highlighted the lengthy, often disproportionate prison sentences doled out to black Americans, especially for nonviolent drug offenses. Trump has uh, Trump has highlighted the, the pardons he has granted as evidence of his awareness of issues important to the black community. The five citizens granted clemency on Wednesday were, uh, like I said, guys, bear me in these names um, if I don't get them right. Lorena Logan, who had already been incarcerated for nearly 20 years for drug charges. Charles Tanner, who had served 16 years for a drug offense. John Bolin, who has 13 years into a life sentence for a drug conviction. Curtis McDonald who has been in prison since 1996 for drug trafficking and money laundering, and Rashila Reed, who served six years of a 14-year sentence for food stamp fraud. So if you're now 
saying that you want to execute the drug dealers. But then back in 2020, you had pardoned people and you, you, re- you realize that you're, you're, you're accepting that this is a, bl- a black community issue that people care about. And you know, you're now talking about executing them. When Shaka says, who's he talking about? I think that right there is, gives you your answer. And then it's, and it's, and it's hypocritical. So that you would get clout, so you for your reelection, for these pardons, um, just just for you to come back after you're not in the office anymore and say this. That this article came out October 21st of 2020, so it was before the election, right before the right before the election. It's basically double speech, um, you know. And and anybody in here know they probably listen to me like, damn. But I was the biggest Trump supporter you probably can find. Like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be honest. Like as far as that didn't that didn't grift and didn't, you know, was, was being fake about it and everything else. Um, but I have to be, if you, the things that you like about me or love about me, I got to be consistent with it. I can't, I can't give Trump a pass because he's light right now. Like I can, I can call out the flaws, show you what I see and, you know, we can move forward, never talk about it again, but I can't just say, okay, he was just perfect. It was wonderful. And, you know, I don't see anything that he did wrong. He couldn't do anything wrong. Um, you know, you got to take responsibility. Uh, you know, somebody said Trump has shitty advisors. No, I think Trump is very aware of uh, what he was doing. Um, one thing that Trump does is he doesn't listen to his advisors. Like, that's already been, they, they ain't already called that out. Like, he got exposed for that. Like, he don't listen to nobody. He, he's going to do what he's going to do. You remember they were saying that, but we didn't listen to it because we were Trump supporters. And we were like, oh, that's just, you know, just news they putting out. Trump wasn't listening to nobody. So how do you go from not listening to nobody and you've been doing it your whole life to now I want advisors? You don't change like that. You've been the most powerful man your whole life from, from being a young man to an old man. And, you know, money, money and a person that's that's filthy rich is not listening to somebody that's not equally successful. So he's been this person his whole life, and now all of a sudden it's his advisors. No, nah, he's picking these people. Just how he's picking these candidates, these weak ass candidates. Like he shouldn't be making choices if he can't if he can't make choices as um, on a kind of you know like his thought process. He shouldn't be in his seat if he if he can't sit back and think about certain things and make an assessment for itself, he shouldn't be in these seats. Now, if you want to talk about what Biden is doing and say his advisors, that's cool. But, you know, mentally, Trump is, is, is sharp. He's sharp. He's a sharp man. Let's, let's, let's keep that on the, on the, on the forefront. He's no, he knows exactly what he's doing. And like I said, even if you listen to these rallies that he's been doing over the last month, now he's probably listening to his advisors because he sounds like a totally or he's just showing you who, who he is. Um, that's that's not really for me to debate. But it's like, go listen to his rallies and then go listen to his rallies when his first year, his second year, even his third year. And tell me if that's the same man that y'all listening to. Is it the same man that comes out? Yeah, I start. I did the, you know, the vaccines and, you know, the vaccine. He, he, he keep throwing the vaccines in y'all face. You don't think his advisors are telling them to stop that? Let's talk about advisors. You don't think that his advisors are saying, hey, Trump, you know, your crowd don't like you talking about vaccines. What do you do every time? He throw it right back in your damn face. 
So that's why now nah, he's he's very aware of what he's doing. I'm not I'm not going with the scapegoat of the advisors. If that's the case, we got to go with Obama had advisors. You got to go with Hillary Clinton got advisors. You can't just go with one person and his advisors. And then when we talk about another politician, we just hate that politician and not talk about the advisors. All presidents have advisors. Correct. I want to repeat what I just said. If we're going to give Trump a pass for having bad advisors, then you have to give Obama a pass for having bad advisors. You got to give Bill Clinton a pass for having bad advisors. You can't just pick one person because you like him and say, oh, you got bad advisors. That's not that's not how the game goes. So that man, he, he's sharp. Just listen to his rallies. He talked. And then, uh, you know, he mentioned the vaccine. He slide the vaccines and call you stupid. If you're against the vaccines, that's the new thing that he's doing now. The stupid people out there, you know, that's against vaccine. I'm like, did he just say that? I was just like, well, the know-it-alls. The, we need to shut down the internet. And he said shut down the internet because we talk about the vaccines. Yep. So next thing I want to go over is uh, Jack Polzik put up something regarding um Donald Trump um, on Trump calling to send the National Guard into the most violent criminal neighborhoods in the U.S. Um, someone put in quotations, at least the guy is trying to think of solutions rather than allow these problems to destroy our cities. Let's go here and take a listen to what they have to say. At this speech, one of the most controversial things, at least policies he may have called for, Sending the National Guard into America's most violent criminal neighborhoods. And not only did he say that we need to return to stop and frisk, which, as we know, was successful in taking down the murder rate in New York City from 2000 murders down to just a couple hundred murders. Okay, He says it's not good enough. Send in the National Guard. Now, if you're a longtime listener of human events. You know that we talked about this before. We said the reason that we have a National Guard, the reason that we have law enforcement is that if you have crime that rises to a level and spills over beyond something that police can deal with, that's what we have a National Guard for. So the question then becomes, would this be effective? And I can see a lot of problems with this. But what he said was call for legislation that would allow the president of the United States to bypass the governors. And that's an issue that we have right now because the president needs the governors to go in and request National Guard. This was an issue in 2020 during the riots. This was an issue all over the place because he requested. We also know that he requested uh, 20,000 National Guard on January 6th. The Pentagon, the bureaucracy decided to deny that. Gerald Bowser, the mayor of D.C., also decided to reject that offer. And we saw what we saw. He's taking a different approach now. He's saying, take away that limitation. Let me do this myself. And look, from where I sit, at least the guy is trying to think of solutions rather than allow these problems to destroy our cities. I like your thoughts on that first, Shaka, before I go. Um, <clears throat> I but Given the past, for me, at least the guy's trying to come up with a solution it's that's lazy. Um, 
you just giving a pass for just throwing out solutions. I, I don't know, but Shaka, I have, I'll wait till you go ahead and go. Cause I'm going to speak on some of the things in the constitution too, regarding that. Oh man. You just throw, you just throw me the keys and say, drive, just go. Um, yeah, go. I, 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 I never <laughs> heard that. I never heard that, uh, that segment, but over here, I'll have my eyebrow raised. Um, what they're going to do, um, America has always, here we go, you know, you can't run from this. Like, I think, you know, the white community ran from this for so long. Now it's in our face that we have to talk about it. They use the black community to implement different different laws, different oversteps of our constitutional rights. They overstep our rights. The black community don't get any rights. We're not like they they done unconstitutional shit to us our whole life and it's and it, it get a pat on the back oh we got to stop those bad you know gangsters we got to get those thugs those am- animals those savages we you know they don't deserve rights everything that stop and frisk you know it's like oh that's racial profiling like how can you stop and frisk me because you think i'm a criminal because what i'm black that goes back into that conversation that nobody wants to have so what is Stop and frisk. Uh, I know if I deal with the police right now and they tell me I look suspicious, I ask the, the, the officer, is suspicious a crime? Guess what? They say, no, have a great day, or they give me an attitude and walk the fuck off. Now when you give them this, this I guess you want to say this clearance of just, you know, stop and frisking me, what is that doing? That's that's What are you stopping and frisking me for? And I haven't done anything. It's no harm parties. I haven't broken the laws. I haven't got no calls on me. You just want to stop and frisk me. Now my rights are being violated. So when I hear this certain, you know, um, this this mantra or this 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 uh, echo chamber coming from the right, I'm like, do you know that they already disarmed the black community and they use a lot, all this infringement that we're seeing with gun rights? They you guys okayed it because it was going towards the black community. Yeah, get those game bangers off the street. Uh, they're doing drive-bys and, and, and you know and everything else. So you basically said, okay, you can do, you can take their rights away again, and then you know start putting felonies. You know, it's like you can't you can't own a gun if you got a felony and everything else, which is still a constitutional reach. It's an overstep when you deal with the you know everybody said the two A and everything else. It doesn't say, oh, yeah, if you get locked up for this, you can't do this. That was the way that they they said, okay, if we implement this and we focus on a group of people and we start taking away their rights and normalize this stuff, we can start taking away other folks' rights. So what they're going to do right now, they're going to implement this whole, let's go into the national, let's use the National Guard and let's stop and frisk all these people in these violent neighborhood, criminal neighborhoods. That's what they call the black community, violent criminal neighborhoods. I want, you know, want you to know that that's what it is. That's what they, they label it. So let's go into these violent criminal neighborhoods and let's use the National Guard. You got people on the right saying, yeah, 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 yeah I'm, I'm for it. Not knowing that when they do that, they're coming to your neighborhood, too. But they need you to co-sign what they're doing to a, another group of people. Which they they it's the blueprint of how they take away white rights. They take away white rights by getting the white people to support something that's going on in the black community that supposedly they're trying to clean up. 
but it's going to backfire and go into the white community. So all these people that, you know, we're talking about Trump. I think me being a Trump supporter and all of us being Trump supporters, we doxed ourselves. So now America knows who's, who's, who is who. We doxed ourselves. I think it was an experiment to dox ourselves and see who the frontliners was, who was going to fight back, who was not going to just fall to the wayside. I believe that we doxed ourselves. So now they got us to dox ourselves. Now we're rooting for the National Guard to come in and clean up the black community that no white people are living in these, these communities. But, yeah, go clean them up with the National Guard. And then when it comes to you guys, because they're going to use the National Guard to come get it, the 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 patriots or whatever you want to call yourself, MAGA folks, now it's going to be, oh, this is unconstitutional. We got rights. This ain't right. Now it's like it's a double standard. I'm just going to say that they're going to use it. I think that, you know, either Biden's going to be forced to do something or look, you don't want Camilla in there. If you black, Camilla already, already shows you she don't give a shit about the black community. She'll lock us up left, right. Um, and, and throw away the key. Innocent or not innocent. Like, she already got a track record of it. Or you're going to have Trump, which it came out of his mouth, he win the next election, is going to implement that. So what they're doing is they have to implement it, regardless of what president does it, they have to implement it so they can take another step on going to the white community and take away your guns as well and give y'all a police or military uh, community. I'm just going to leave it like that because I know I know if you gave me the keys, you got something to back up something. I did, but my internet just stopped working. So I'm going to have to just go off kind of off my memory when I was looking at here. Um, I don't know what's going on with this. It actually kind of make me mad. I have to keep fixing this like all the time. But um, one thing I was going to look at is, you know, he was saying he was calling to Congress to um, call on the national to call into Congress to pass something to get um, Biden to happy people in these neighborhoods. And I was looking at, okay, where in the Constitution did they get this authority and power to do so? So you look at Article Section 8, uh, C15.1, power to call forth the militia. The Congress shall have power to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions. And I had more for you guys, but I also want to put this uh, on the forefront as well. I want you to think about this, too. You know, we never people never really seem to really get to use that Third Amendment where um, that one I still have pulled up here. Hold up. Our Third Amendment. And I know what it is. It's, it's you know, about the, the military or the soldiers being in your household and you don't have to feed them or give them clothes or shelter and things that nation and that that nature. But if they start sending those military people, because, you know, they act like the agents of the um, the state don't count because it doesn't say because it says, um it says soldier and not, you know, a police officer and things of that nature. That's something you need to keep in your mind, too, if they're going to be coming to a neighborhood of someone you're friends with, your family with, um, that if, if they try to come in and use your house, you have your Third Amendment right. No one ever talks about. And it doesn't really seem like we use it very often in a court of law. So keep that in mind if they come to your neighborhoods um, when you want to defend and protect yourselves. If they're trying to go into your home, then you have a constitutional right for them not to. So no, sh- no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any home, um, any house, without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by the law. So if these National Guard people are coming and they're like trying to tell you they need to go in your house or whatever, or any of those things like that, you tell them you have a right to say no. So... 
I wanted to read you guys this whole bill, and I'll read this one because I have it pulled up, but I have more. Freaking hate internet, man. Anyways, uh, the states as well as Congress may prescribe penalties for failure to obey the uh, president's call of the militia. They have the concurrent power to aid national government by calls under their own authority in emergencies, maybe use a militia to put down armed insurrection. The federal government may call out the militia in case of war. Its authority to suppress rebellion is found in the power to suppress insurrection and to carry on the war. Um, the act of February 28th to 1795 was delegated to the president the power to call on the, the militia. Um, was held constitutional. A, a militiaman who refused to obey such a call uh, was not employed in the service of the United States, so as the subject of the article of the war, but was liable to be tried for disobedience. So what's been going on, this stuff that's been going on and they're, they're wanting to send this, has been going on for quite some time. So why would you want to use it now um, on the American people? And I feel like, and this is just my a theory of mine, um, I feel like there's been articles that have been put out that says one in three Americans would hold arms against their government um, based off all the unconstitutional things they've been doing. Like like Shaka's saying, um, they're going to use them at that neighborhood, these particular neighborhoods, as a, a scapegoat, as an excuse to use it, but they're going to use it against other people and claim, because this also has the word insurrection in it. So we do have the right um, to abolish and overthrow um, and reform a, a government that no longer represents us as tyrannical. But these governments have put things in place for themselves um, to protect themselves. So it's more than just this isn't really just because they actually care about um, violent crimes in particular neighborhoods that have been going on for a long time. So why is there all of a sudden a call to action for that? I think myself personally, what I remember the last time I seen the National Guard being used was when they were trying to uh, desegregate schools, and that was under Eisenhower. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the exact. Uh, was that in, is that in uh, Arkansas where that happened, where they, they were trying to get this they, the black? They they used it when I was at Ferguson. Okay, that well, I I'm so Ferguson. What year is that? Uh, shit, I don't know, but just to give you an alley oop, um, none of none of the National Guards were. I guess you want to say American. It was like Slavic. Mm. It was like, you know, from, there was foreigners. So that was something that we peeped as far as, you know, some people that's in here that I do research uh, with brothers, sisters, everything else. Um, I straight told them that the, these wasn't Tom and these wasn't Tom and Michaels. These was like Victor's and, 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 and um, Alexander's and stuff like that talking, talking crazy. So, um, another another thing that people are going to get uh, blindsided by is the people that's in the National Guard are not going to view you as um, as people as as them. Um, they're from another country, um, and that's how they're going to treat you. They're not going to treat you as as brother, um, you know, brothers and sisters and, and countrymen. Uh, you know, I've seen it, you know, straightforward. So that's that's not going to happen. Um, and we thinking that we're going to get our kids that's that's in the national guard but they're bringing in they're infiltrating the national guard with foreigners and probably some of these um refugees that they use from syria and everything else they just put them in these positions yeah absolutely and you i want to i want to put a note on something too where they um 
where they said it was considered constitutional. Um, real quick, little tiny history lesson here. So the act of February uh, 28th of uh, 1795. Okay, one second. I want to say what happened before that. Why would the government at that time feel like that was um, a good idea, um, that we should do that? I would like to just click on it, but like I said, the internet's not working um, for whatever reason now. That means I also can't play our anthem when we're finished on here, but the acts of February 28th, 1974, I know where I'm going with this beforehand, but um, this whole thing of the act to provide for calling a fourth militia, execute the law of the land, which you want to know what happened before there, before that happened, you had the Shays rebellion about a decade right beforehand where they, um, they, they did the same thing that the Patriots did when they went up against the, the crown. And so they were watching the, the, the Patriots do the same thing that the crown was doing and two Americans here where they're taking people's property, locking people up. They're paranoid that, um, People were going to want to have the crown back. People were claiming they want the crown back. The life was better when the crown was there than under the Patriots. Also, the, the taxes were high. Inflation was high. The dollar was only worth um, three cents to the dollar. And so there, there was those issues going on. And then we're watching people who are in, in, in office and power. They, they're sitting there asking for more money and taxing people more and more, but they were wearing lavish clothes and, and living above their means. Um, and people didn't like it. It's like, okay, here we go. We have a whole new crown here. It's just a different name. And so you have, then you have the Shea Rebellion. And so people make jokes about that and they laugh. Oh, 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 look at the Shea Rebellion. Look how that failed. But I think you have to look at why they had that in the first place. And then, right, you know, not too long after they passed laws um, to make it to where the, the U.S. government can go against you if you try to um, go up against them because they didn't want to they didn't want to have um, people, you know, rebelling against the government or trying to take the government back and reframe it. And it's it's crazy how that all works out too. There's a lot going on at that during that time frame. And so the people say we have the rights to, to rebel against the crown and then take our government back and become a new country. But when you're doing the same things that you that were done to you guys under the crown, it's it's all of a sudden, you know, okay, let's make law so y'all can't go against us. Like so if you're looking at the content of where this power comes from, it's just it's a control the people thing. And that's why I wanted to get a little tidbit, a little bit on the history on that, on why that law even exists in the first place and how it happened. Um, but I I, uh, I don't have much left to say on that piece. I have one more thing I want to cover, and we'll see if it will play. We'll see if it will play even though it's not working. Oh, it's working again. Woohoo! hoo um, Let's go ahead and play um, um, his red flag laws discussions. Un momento, por favor. Mr. Trump zeroed in on a number of areas he wants the government to tackle, such as mental health and violent video games. The president also mentioned one step he'd like to take on the topic of gun control. We must make sure that those judged to pose a grave risk to public safety do not have access to firearms and that if they do, those firearms can be taken through rapid due process. That is why I have called for red flag laws, also known as extreme risk protection orders. After two deadly mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton this weekend, Mr. Trump zero. 
there's that. You know, so everyone's going after Oz, they're going after Democrats or anyone saying anything about red flag laws. But then, you know, you don't have that same energy for Donald Trump because you like him. Um, so that's that's a big issue for me. Um, same with Ron DeSantis. OK, did he create the red flag laws in his state? No. But what did he do to get rid of them? Did he even discuss them? I didn't see him discussed until recently. But he's running for reelection. Now he's talking about constitutional carry. But what were you doing all those times, all those years? You're in office just recently. You knew that they were actually using it. I believe it was like 3,500 people within that first year of them implementing that law. Got their, they had their, their fire weapons taken away from them. They're going to use these laws. People act like, oh, they're just going to sit there. You know, They don't create the laws not to use them. Let's just please use your common sense and stop worshiping these, these public figures. And these politicians are not your friends. They do not care about you. So we do have... Um, we do have some folks who are lined up here. I'll get to Brady first. Um, and then also I would like to say before we go, um, go ahead and, and have this discussion further, please make sure that we're all on topic. I do not want to come off as rude, but if you're not going to be on topic, then I'm going to kindly just move you to the bottom and move the next person because it's rude to everyone who's listening because they came here to listen to a particular subject. So if you go off topic, it's nothing personal. I'm just going to put you down on the bottom um, and go from there. But before we get to Brady, I'm going to play my uh, promo commercial. And then, yeah, I'll do that. One second. We have some fantastic news, you guys. We are finally offering promo. In order for the constitutionalist movement to go more places, do more things, and reach more people, we want to use a help you help me kind of um, funding situation here. So, if you're already on the podcast, you get an instant $5 off. If you subscribe to the podcast, instant 5 bucks off. We're gonna be, you'll get promoted on Twitter, Twitter Spaces, Gab.com, NotPoliticalProper.com website, on the podcast, and more. Email us at TheRedSenseInfo at gmail.com for pricing, more information, and I'm looking forward to working with you guys. Awesome. And I'm going to put the how you can donate and everything in the comment section. Please, if you can, do so. We have $1 or $2. It's very helpful because a lot of things I do aren't free. The things on my website aren't free and it helps me set off some costs. So when I want to go out and travel and meet you guys and speak and do engagement with y'all, I have more funds to do that. So without further ado, we're going to get to Brady. And by the way, if you're not up here in the caller section within the next five, three to five minutes, then um, it's going to be just people that are up here right now. So if you want to grab a mic, make sure you do so now. Hey, Brady, thanks for coming back. What are you thinking? Paging Brady, one, two, three, Paging Brady. All right, I'm going to put you back in the queue. We're going to get to privacy. Um, here we go, privacy. Hey, privacy, what are you thinking? Thanks for coming back. Of course. Hey, Donnie. Hey, Shaka. Uh, basically, this whole system's corrupt. You know that. Both parties suck. Uh, ideally, I'd like to see uh, only sheriffs and militia, no police, because police just enforce laws, and the vast majority of them, unfortunately, are pushed to being, you know, order followers versus constitutional, uh, you know, uh, enforcers. They violate your rights until you stand up for your rights. So if you don't know your rights, 
they are persistent in violating them. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to search your car. You know, if you're in certain places like Louisiana, New Orleans, you know, you know, you don't argue with the cop there. They just search your car, from what I understand. In certain cities, you know, it's just the system's bad. Stop and frisk is no good unless you're going to, I don't know, you really just got to fix the problems by just legalizing freedom. And the only way you're going to do that is you get rid of this current system. And that's unfortunately that we've gone this far. You know, we've just been a little bit here, a little piece there, a little piece there. You know, there's this big old pie and they keep taking a little, little pieces. They never pick up a big chunk because then people get like, whoa, what are you doing there? Oh, you just want a little piece? Okay. And they're taking your freedom a little piece at a time. And they've already taken at least a few slices from us. We, we barely have half the pie left. But, Can uh, I add on, I'm going to add on to what you said about the stop and frisk thing. Because, you know, when people were praising uh, Rudy Giuliani, like uh, Jack was saying, where the crime rate had went down in that area when they implemented the stop and frisk, at the time I wasn't so as knowledgeable as I am now, because I'm making sure I'm knowledgeable now, where I, I study and I look at things from a different perspective and a different intention. So I should have had a reaction then about them praising Rudy Giuliani about the stop and frisk. Stop and frisk actually doesn't that offend on your constitute your Fourth Amendment right? The right of the person to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or um, affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched, the persons or things to be seized. So, do they have a warrant to search and frisk you? Did it, is it court-ordered? What judge signed it? That's what we need to start paying attention to. This whole stop and frisk thing and trying to bring it back, that's unconstitutional in the first place. Yeah, so is the, the war on drugs. And that's the whole reason a lot of these crimes are taking place in the first place. You know, I'm a big, big advocate for just decriminalization, and then let's go back to having certain drugs legal, you know, and, and uh, regulate them. So let's fentanyl. I would stop calling them drugs. I would stop calling them drugs. If it's not something that the pharmaceutical companies made, I would call it exactly what it is. That it is on this earth as a whatever plant name it has. I would stop complying and letting them change definitions of things. I would just stop calling them drugs. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just they, they keep saying certain things and you eventually say it too because it's been hitting your head so much. You know, it's like, oh, that's a drug. No, that's marijuana. No, it's a drug. No, that's a plant. And they keep correcting you. And it's just like it's, it's habit. And these artificial things they make in a lab, which uh, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, they're, they're absolutely the worst thing because you can make get a, a resistance to it. So can uh, viruses and, and uh, bacteria. If you over-antibiotic something, which is created by Big Pharma, you get these things called superbugs. I mean, Big Pharma created that. Big Pharma created a lot of this stuff. And if we just went back to the earth, the natural, we wouldn't have it. You know, there's there's lots of natural ways to get rid of these things. But we ignore what the earth has given us, like you were saying. But I, I don't – I really hope that we can get this this next upcoming election 
I'm a little worried about it, but it's just they always trying to hit you with fear, you know, no matter what. You know, you can't let it control you. Right. Well, you got to get people like myself mobilized out there on the road um, so I can get out there and do things. Because people like to listen to you and you, you don't try to sell them an election. They don't like it. They, li- they like it better when you're discussing their rights and freedoms based off of the experience I've been having. Then you're not trying to sell them on a Democrat, Republican party or any party. If you just we have the discussion about what their rights, their rights and their liberties are, then that's what, that people prefer to listen to that. And they like that. And that's honestly, most people I talk to don't like the parties. Now, once you get in the, in the clicks, uh, the Republican Party people clips in their groups that's separate. But the regular people who are not involved in politics, which is most people, they don't like either party. But, hey, I appreciate you privacy for coming up and uh, dropping your gems as normal. I'm going to go ahead and get over to Brady again and see if his mic works this time. If not, we're going to get the next person. Thank you. Yep. Brady, are you with us? Brady, Brady, Brady. While I do that, I'm going to read something that Connor said. He said, they create more crime so they can enslave you. Slavery is legal in the United States if you're a criminal. That's facts. 13th Amendment. Absolutely. And then uh, U.S. Sheila says, shameful that we have to ask for our doctors. Shameful that we had to ask our doctors um, it's okay to take this herb or that herb because we're free to consume as much cigarettes and alcohol as we want. Facts, facts, definitely facts. So I'm going to put Brady back down because he hasn't um, turned on his mic. Um, but Amaru, please go ahead. Hey, what's going on? Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you for coming. I think I've seen you here a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I'll I stick my nose in there now and then. But uh, I, I, I want to touch basically on a couple things as far as uh, militia and, and military and National Guards. I had a conversation this weekend with a young man, 17 years old, from Oregon, and the U.N. is recruiting in Oregon. What? Yeah. We already, yeah, we already talked about this. We, we talked about this. <laughs> right. I, well, I know, didn't know I about this. It's news to me. I actually had a conversation with somebody. Me, Amaru, Amaru is, is, is my brother, my research partner. Um, you sound quiet, Shaka. Hold on, one second now. I know I'm gonna get my beard on the phone. Does that sound better, or does that sound yes? Better. Um, no, I said um, Donnie, meet Amaru, Rue, um, Donnie. I said that's Amaru is my research partner. That's my brother. Um, hey, nice to meet you. We, Likewise. we basically we basically know that we're going to get taken taken over by the UN. The UN is going to be um, that's who's going to put their feet on the soil, and um, you know that's it, it, it's we explain that it's not going to be a country that comes in first. The first the first line of defense or the infantry people is going to be the UN, and then that's when everybody else is going to come in and participate on trying to take over. So that's why you see this gun grab. Uh, that's going on. Oregon sounds like. What was he saying? He was 17. I'm gonna let you go because you just said the UN, and that's and I've been looking at the UN for like the last couple of weeks. You know that's, what they you, that's you're quiet again, Shaka. You're both quiet, and I'm turned up all the way. I'm sorry. Do it. 
Hold on. Okay, say so something again. Can you speak for me again? You want me or uh, I'm? A... Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Um. No, I was saying when you were talking to him, he said they were rec- recruiting. Yep, they're they're recruiting in the northwest part of America. And if you 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 I know you know that's the bed where Antifa and Antifa them uh that's like their housing, that's like their headquarters. So yeah, they they focusing in that area as far as recruitment. Up towards Seattle, the northwest part of the United States, they uh start uh recruitment and this dude seventeen in, in high school. Yeah, you already know they got they got a um, you know I'm glad that Donnie brought up the uh, the National Guard because um, they're going to be working in, in tangents as far as yeah um, and and he told me the they actually the UN will be doing partial training with the United States military they do partial training with them and then they send them over to Germany yeah so I said we're going to get. Our same institutions, um, you know, like I said as far as we talked about this a million times, same institutions that we, you know, we praise will be the ones that take us down. Um, you know, and that's, that's right. uh, if you go mm. look into Obama with the uh, militarizing the police, um, as far as, you know, just the bills that he signed that made the police stronger. And if you if you even speak out about the police, you know, you can get, you know, uh, felonies and everything else, you know, like. Those are still it's still on the record books. They just have not unleashed it yet because they're waiting to unleash it. But um, they use it. Um, those things that Obama put in, um, they use it with the black community. If you got any like uh, black organizations and you speak out against the police, me and you are no rule. They come lock you up, um, you know, uh, violate your rights and, and don't give you counsel and everything else. The worst thing they can do to you. And I'm letting folks know, like, they're going to start doing that. January the 6th was the first time that, you know, the white community actually seen that your rights can be taken under those things. But we've been seeing it all these years is dealing with, you know, just being activists and, and being in our communities. Um, yeah, so and, they, uh, have, they have a they have a Trojan horse for y'all. It's just, you know, when you. Oh, it's, it's about to hatch. Well, it's just that's why I try to tell, you know, the white community that we we need to have a black community, white community conversation. If they keep us divided where we're not having these conversations, which is why I came on Donnie's show, um, you know, because I know she deal with everybody. So I'm like, okay, some of my language might be new to them and might be triggering. But if they can get past that, I promise you it's a gift at the end of the tunnel. Um, You know, they if we have these conversations, then the white community get to see the tricks that they played on us. And then it's like, Oh, they doing that now. But some of them are starting to catch on to it. And they start oh, to yeah. catch on like, Hey, this is the shit they did to y'all. It's like, right. We're used yeah. to the tactics from, from A to Z. We're, we're used to the tactic. And, and I want to add another little gem into what I was talking about. Uh, our military numbers are down tremendous. Tremendous. Our military numbers are down. A lot of people vacated our military due to the vaccine stuff. So our government is weakening our military. And and to go back to what I said, you know, they, they soften us up for the invasion. Yep. I said we uh the military is not the military that your granddaddy and your your husband served in. Like the military now, 
and I work out with these cats. Like I work where I work out, I'm in Vegas. Uh, you got the Air Force Base. You know the kids go. You know this is. If these are the kids that's protecting us, we in deep shit. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna mm-hmm. say. Like seriously, like I'm serious. If these are the kids, you know how you look at the future and you like, oh, okay, our future, we're secure, we good. If these are the kids, and I don't mean just one. I'm picking on one or two. I mean, like when we grew up, I'm 40. Uh, people entered, the, they went to the military, they came back. Even when you knew them personally, they came back with, um, you know, manhood. They came back as a man. These kids now, man, the shit I hear that go on in boot camp, motherfucking call the timeout if motherfucking cussing them out. And I'm like, what? A timeout? Like, oh, uh, you you get like five times out of money, some some gay shit like that. And I just be like, man, ain't no motherfucking way we could have got a timeout. Yeah, so um, you know, like I said, we just if we don't strengthen each other as, as people, brothers, sisters, you know, you ain't got to be brothers, sisters, acquaintances, neighbors. Um, that's the only thing that we, that's where our power is. And they know that's where our power is. It's like, you know, and I was telling, I was telling Donnie last night, I said, you know, uh, we're not going to think about a party when we got to fight the people that, you know, that's going to touch soil. Like, you know, all the party lines going to be gone. Um, you know, why not do it now? You know, why not do, why wait for an invasion to happen or us having to fight where we got to come together and your party don't mean nothing because, you know, we're, we're surviving. Why not do that now and then wait for it to, you know, the, the shit to hit the fan and now we don't want to deal with parties. Like, that's where we at. And it's like the only people that's going to protect us is us. That's it. It's us. Yeah. The only person that can save us is yourself and, and your loved ones. Other than that, it's Operation Broken Arrow. Every 360 you turn around, it's, it's compromised. It, it's compromised. And, you know, the writing's on the wall, and we see it every day. Every day. It's like a gift and a curse. Absolutely. And, you know, too, um, do me a favor, y'all. Pay attention to how these public figures are changing up the rhetoric and how they're moving differently. You see um, different pundits uh, now saying oh, both parties now. You see both um, people. There, You see them talking about the Constitution again um, instead of talking about, oh, leave the Democrat Party and go Republican. Or they're changing up their tune. So pay attention I'm, to I'm that. Gonna say, I'm going to say it for you, Donnie, so you ain't going <laughs> to... Donnie, you're going to... This is what's going to happen, and I'm starting to see it happen. Um, I told Donnie like probably like a month ago, I was just like, they're going to find, they don't want her. They don't want her. She's too, they can't control her. She's too, you know, radical. At, that's their language. She's too radical. They're going to start. Putting, yeah. They're going to start putting people in her place that have the, and they're going to take her information. I'm a rule to tell you right now, they took our information and got us up out the way. Like this is somebody that I can, I can tell you that, you know, he can vouch. They took our information, gave it to other folks. They ran with it, made money, made names for themselves, and they couldn't control yep. us. Like, they're going to do the same thing with you, and they're going to have people talking about, oh, both parties are bad, and, you know, I changed, I got to change the heart on both parties, and we're going to deal with the Constitution. They're going to get you out the way because those people are not going to tell people to fight and stand up for their rights. They're just going to have them looking at both parties to you know, just an idea of, oh, let's get rid of both parties. But you're teaching people how to fight. You're teaching people how to stand up for their rights. 
that's going to be the difference between yeah. the, the two. Yeah, and what people don't understand is when you talk militia, when you talk, hey, that's the militia, ain't no parties no more. Once you get to that point, government's broken. Ain't no parties no more once you talk militia. Like, the whole thing's corrupted. It's militia time. Ain't no more parties. Absolutely. And they're going to be still limited on what they can say, though. I'm going to stay consistent. As you'll see, they're already not being consistent. And um, and these people can say certain things, certain things they can't say. Well, we're also going in another direction because we are very much so a solution-based, community-based um, community that we have here on the podcast, on the website. Like I put that, I'll put that back here in, in the nest. To the person that did just donate $2, everything counts. I appreciate that. Um, it, it all adds up at the end, so I appreciate that. And so um, I was going to hit on the militia piece again. I want to back up with... Um, what he was saying as well with the military weakening. Um, just an article that came out of June of where is the date? Oh, I mess it up. I don't mess this date up. June twenty seventh of twenty twenty two. Um, NBC reported every branch of the military is struggling to make its twenty twenty two recruiting goals. Officials say, with a record low number of Americans eligible to serve and a few of those willing to do it. This is the year we question um, disability of the all volunteer force, said the expert. Um, let me get to this part. Okay, it says multiple U.S. military and defense officials and the numbers obtained by NBC News show both a record low percentage of young Americans eligible to serve and even thinning fraction willing to consider it. The official said that the Pentagon's top leaders are now scrambling for ways to find new recruits to fill out the ranks in all volunteers uh, force defense secretary Lynn Austin and deputy secretary of defense Kathleen Hicks, Kathleen Hicks, excuse me, consider the shortfall a serious issue and said officials and have been meeting in um, frequently with leaders. And I'm going to, I want to address this too. On Monday, we're going to be talking about the difference between the constitution that we have in place now and the Articles of Confederation um, and compare the two and the history around both of those. Um, I'm going to read a few things from that Article of Confederation um, and it makes, and you'll, you'll kind of get perspective on why, you know, we're, we, we've weakened and, you know, when we focus on a national military and opposed to the states having militias, maybe Texas, maybe the reason why Greg Abbott doesn't call an invasion and send a militia, maybe because it's weak. Maybe Texas has a weak one. We don't, you know, maybe, maybe that might be it. No, 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 no. Let me uh, school you on Texas. I just moved back from Texas, and mm-hmm. uh, Texas, Texas has their own army and their own air guard, national air guard. So, right, that's a lot of things people don't know. That's why they always claiming, "Let's go, we can go sovereign because they can protect Texas." But they're ruled by the powers, and you know, at hand, opposed to like it being a force of the people, because it's supposed to be. The a force of the civilian people as well. Oh, so they've made it so exactly. where so it's you know, like you got it's like you got two armies. You you have a Texas army and you have the civilian militia as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got two armies. Yeah. So let me read a few of these pieces from the article, uh, Articles of Confederation. Make sure y'all are there on Monday because I'm looking at it like a lot of us are talking about the federal government's too big. If people want to abolish the federal government. 
looking for different ideas. Like I said, we're, so we're solution-based. And then, honestly, I never really looked into the articles of confederation because that was my time of ignorance and naiveness of thinking. I just put it with slavery. Oh, those people fought for slavery, so I'm not going to even read that thing. I mean, I, I don't recall having to read it in high school or college either. So I've been, I've been, I've read it all, but I'm gonna, like I'm saying, I have to have a deep read and investigation and research into it some more because I can't come with you guys, come up here talking to y'all and share information with y'all if I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna read these two pieces from the Articles of Confederation, and I want you all to think about something: how this could could, could have possibly solved the issues that we have going on in our nation right now. So. The first one, no vessels of war shall be kept upon time of peace by any state except such number only as shall be deemed necessary by the United States and Congress assembled for the defense of each state or its trade. Nor shall any body of forces be kept up by any state in time of peace except um, such number only as in the judgment of the United States and Congress assembled shall be deemed to request um, garrison the forts necessary for the defense of such state. But every state shall always keep up a well-regulated and disciplined militia, sufficiently armed and accounted, and shall be provided and consistently have ready for use. And public stores, a due number of field pieces, tents, and proper quantity of arms, ammunition, and the camp equipment. That's the first one. Um, and that that right there also, like, if you're going off uh, how the country was founded and they're trying to talk about guns and, and how, I mean, how many rounds you can have and things of that nature, that doesn't fit the narrative of why we even have the certain laws we have in place in the, in the first place when we're talking about militia. One more piece from the article. Um, by the way, I would also suggest for you guys to go ahead and read the um, article, Articles of Confederation because, you know, it would be good for everyone to participate in that discussion on Monday. So the last piece I'm going to read is, the United States and Congress assembled shall never engage in war, nor grant letters of uh, marque and reprisal and times of peace, nor enter into any treaties or alliances, nor coin money, nor regulation, um, regulate the value thereof, no assertion to the sums and expenses necessary for the defense and welfare of the United States or any of them. No emit bills, no borrow money, no borrow money on the credit of the United States, nor appropriate money, nor agree upon the number of vessels of war to be built or purchased, or the number of land or sea forces to be raised, nor appoint a commander in chief of the army or navy unless the nine states uh, assent to the same, nor shall a question on any other point except for adjuring from day to day be determined unless the votes of majority of the United States in Congress assembled. We wouldn't be a part of NATO. We wouldn't be a part of a lot of things. We'll be sit, having Congress and all this money across the seas and, and doing the things to do. We wouldn't have this Ukraine situation if those if those things were actually followed. Um, and I get that, you know, that is not the Constitution at this time, but it was the first Constitution. And like I said, I'll get into the history of it, but um, it was some shady business going on when they switched that over to what we have now. Um, but uh, Shaka, did you want to add anything to that after hearing those few pieces? Yes, no, maybe. Can y'all hear me? Okay. And we lost your other guy. He's, did he go back to the listener section? Oh, I see him. Did you want to add anything to those pieces that I had just highlighted from the Articles of Confederation? Yep. 
nah, um, you know, sometimes you just let it be what it is. So no extras, no add-ons. Um, and like I said, I think it was a dope show today. I'll tell you that. So we ain't got to see it offline. Dope show today. <laughs> hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, I, I mean, that's thanks to you. That's thanks to listeners. That's thanks to anybody who came up and, and dropped some gems and shared their information with us. So, um, Connor said, it's also important to note under the current constitution, a president isn't the commander in chief unless Congress declares war and calls the military into actual service. So we're going to go ahead and uh, privacy. I appreciate you for coming back up, but we're going to go ahead and shut this one down. We're at one minute and 23 seconds. And I do plan on hopping on Twitter spaces this evening, more so of an open discussion. I'll have a topic on it, but uh, make sure that, you guys are on there if you have time, if you're awake. But, yeah, I'm going to put one up for Twitter Spaces this evening. I'm going to do it for sure tonight. So um, without further ado, I appreciate you guys um, for being here. Y'all could be doing anything else on a Thursday evening, but y'all are here together with us talking about what's been going on, um, pointing out the, the hypocrisy, pointing out and discussing solutions, and really putting a light on things that really matter, you know, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I have um, issues with Trump and I, I cannot vote for him. I cannot support him um, because that goes against everything I believe in. And when it comes down to my liberties and my freedoms, that's not the man who's going to uh, uphold his oath to the Constitution and protect them. He has publicly stated that the Constitution um, can kiss his ass, in my opinion. So um, he's not the man I thought he was. And if you're still on the Trump train or you're still sitting back list, uh, making excuses, I want you to start practicing something. Listening. Start listening and then thinking about what are you, what do you really want? If you don't want red flag laws and we're showing you the man says he wants red flag laws, then you have to find someone else. You can't just be comfortable going off of somebody you're just familiar with. We have to find someone else. So, and it takes work. And work doesn't have to be bad. But you, when you work hard for something, you have a goal to reach. You have an incentive to reach. Us getting our country back, us have being free again. Well, I don't know if we can really say free again. But us being free and having our liberties, having that in place for our kids and our grandkids, that's, that's the incentive. That's what's really important. Do you want to be that person when your grandkids are looking around like, I'm hungry, and you have a voucher a ticket on how much bread and sugar and milk you can get because we've turned into a communist country 100%. So or do you want to be that person that said you didn't do anything at all? Are you going to be that person that said, I fought back? Regardless of how I could, I did fight back. I did speak up, and I didn't fall for the, the two-party illusion of, of, of a choice. I didn't fall for the things that public figures were telling me what I should think and care about. I want you guys to really think about that. I know sometimes when I discuss things with some people and they want to go back and forth and argue, I listen to you when we have discussions. I listen to you. So you have to listen to me. So I know when we're having discussions, we can have true dialogue and do the same thing with other people when you're talking to them. And if there's people trolling in your comment section and you start saying things about Trump, if you do say things about Trump or DeSantis or point out both parties being an issue, hold your ground. You're going to be arming yourself with the information and the uh, the research you've done. You can just pull up receipts easy because you've saved them in your phone and you can just go right to it because you know exactly what they're going to say before they say it. So arm yourself with your rights and your liberties. And I'm going to tell you this. Please start memorizing 
your your bill of rights. You can memorize your bill of rights within 10 days. You don't want to not have that memorized if something were to happen to you or you're locked up or you don't have access to your internet or your phone. You don't have access to a book to use it on your own behalf because you don't want to go into anything blindly. My homework to y'all at least in the next 10 days that y'all have that memorized because I actually did put up a fun little t- uh, test with a frog lily pad thing and um, people didn't score very high on it. Like I think the highest one I saw was 80 and then the next highest I saw was 40. I saw someone get zero. Like it's, I saw someone get like what? 38% too. Like it's bad. So we, we really need to be arming ourselves with this knowledge because that's, what's going to save us. Shaka, did you have any closing statements before we head out? Nope, I didn't. Like I said, um, hopefully we'll see everybody uh, next week. If you can uh, tell a friend, uh, tell a family member or anything else to come in, just listen. Uh, doesn't matter their political background. Uh, we really want it diverse. We don't want it where we're just speaking to uh, like-minded people. That's cool, but you really, it's like you're preaching to the choir. So we want to talk to some people that uh, might put up a um, not a fight, but, you know, just have a disagreement. But uh, as long as they're open to listen, uh, you know, it's a win-win for both of us. So uh, hopefully we'll see you back next week. Bring a friend. And actually, we're Monday through Friday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll be back tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm going to play the promo video and then the anthem. And God bless you guys. Bye. We have some fantastic news, you guys. We are finally offering promo. In order for the constitutionalist movement to go more places, do more things, and reach more people, we want to use a help you, help me kind of um, funding situation here. So if you're already on the podcast, you get an instant $5 off. If you subscribe to the podcast, instant 5 bucks off. We're gonna be, you'll get promoted on Twitter, Twitter Spaces, Gab.com, NotPoliticalProper.com website, on the podcast, and more. Email us at theredsenseinfo at gmail.com for pricing, more information, and I'm looking forward to working with you guys. Bye. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism it is their right it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security you're tuning into the constitutionalist with donnie the don don't be political property be free